Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ranting Atheist Podcast. Today we'll be listening to a conversation I had with another Christian. I met, I, we, we met on Twitter. It was a tweet where people were, were tweeting about their religious journey. And what I saw that he started out as a Christian, claimed to be an atheist, then became a Christian again. I was like, huh, there we go again. It's really, I used to be an atheist trope kind of people. So let's, let's even hear what, what he has to say. Like if he's, if he's really interested and he was interested, he came on, shared his story and I was left with questions because I was like, were you really an atheist? Do you, do you really think you were an atheist? Like, you make you don't to spoil it too much, but make the judgment for yourself. Like I was just like, does ah, this guy? I was just like, <laughs> uh, I just found that he's not the type of Christian you meet on the on the street today. So, so you make make the make make the judgment for yourself. Make the judgment for yourself. Uh, my living with questions as well, but it is what it is. So if you're here to subscribe up. Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, and other places you find podcasts. Then check out the show notes below for links you may find useful. WhatsApp, Clubhouse, and so on and so forth. So now let's go and listen to the conversation I had with Kingsley. Hello, Kingsley, and you are welcome to the Ranting Atheist Podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I, I think this is the first time I'm, be, I, I'm being on a podcast, um, wow. and especially as it has to do with um, an aspect of life I find interesting. Mm, you, you know, I yeah yeah I engage in philosophical discussions lots online. So um, this is actually the first time I would be engaging um, in uh, let in a verbal discussion in that regard. Okay. Yes. Well, that's that's the way life is. It starts for the first time before you know it. Now then they rush you. Yeah. Let's see how it goes. So yeah, welcome. Thank you for accepting. But you are the first person to finally accept because I have been chasing it down. And um, before we get to know you, let me just state the reason why we're here for our listener. We met on Twitter, had some exchange. Actually, it was a particular tweet that I saw. Um, is this a grew up currently could see myself being? And you quoted the person that also replied that style. So let me just quickly read it. What you wrote was, Grew up Pentecostal Christian and became an atheist. That 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 statement does trigger me. Okay, currently, atheist on unaffiliated to a specific religious gathering, but a spirituality that is a that has a Judeo-Christian stroke biblical basis. Could see myself becoming Orthodox Christian or Roman Catholic. All right, well, yes. I'll ask a question on that later, boy. Okay. The the, the aim of this discussion. Is not to go back and forth on whether there's a God or not. We are we are we have already come to our conclusion on that. The aim of this is as a result of that tweet, wherein you were once you 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 grew up as a Christian, you were raised up in a Pentecostal, 
Coastal church or Christianity rather. Then you lost your faith and you got it back, even though it's, it's not in the way you once had it, but it seems to be, I believe it to be in a better way to you because unaffiliated with a religious gathering, I like those kind of Christians. Those who are, they have seen that, okay, this gathering is sus, but your, the, the comma is the, could <coughs> you could become Orthodox Christian, which is cool, but Roman Catholic, uh, I have my reservation about Catholics, but that that's by the way. So that's the aim of this whole discussion, to hear your side of the story. And hopefully okay. for you, it will be a way to win over an atheist like myself to the way of God, even though that may not be your own intention, but it happens when, you know, facts tell, stories sell. Okay. That's the whole okay. aim of this podcast. Do All right. So um, I, I just want to let you know, um, <laughs> Uh, I, I would be leaving out some details in the story as they might seem, uh, should I say, uh, they might seem um, unbelievable or spurious in the sense that um, most of uh, my experiences um, lean towards what I see as paranormal or supernatural. But then uh, my... Um, other convincing factors for me or other things that probed me to you know leave atheism uh, my, my atheism was not really the conventional um, athe um kind of atheism we'll get there oh, we'll get there oh, okay oh, okay there. No so, problem. That, uh, so that's why i just had to do this so that you understand why this whole setup why did this guy do this so if you know you on twitter it's not easy to fully explain okay. everything but now that we're having a conversation that's the all intention right, behind it so we'll first of all begin with introduction get to know about you a little okay then we'll start uh, asking about terms uh, your definition of terms and technologies okay you now give us the whole story before you go to that point and go okay. and get so that's the whole your green so first of all we know you're kingsley you're welcome so okay. what we'd like to know is um um your age if you don't want to say your age you can be gen z millennial gen x if you're that <laughs> old <laughs> okay, where, uh, okay. are you like uh, uh what do you do for a living where, where do you where are you located there's no composite answer everything else if you're not comfortable okay. with it okay. and so on are you single if you are uh, those things just a little okay just to get to know all right you so um i'm i'm 24 years old um yeah um should i say using you know generation terms um yeah. i'm a gen z let's say i'm like at the forefront like i'm one of those who began the yeah, gen z generation yeah 1998 yeah kind oh, of okay yeah so, so gen z gen z exactly something <laughs> of that sort so um uh i'm single uh okay. am i single? okay i'm single actually but at some point it seems like i'm not single and you know it's not really something i want to um okay um then i'm, I'm a software engineer um mm. yeah yeah um the cto leaders uh i know uh there is a startup i run with a friend uh it's called okay. defy technologies it's a blockchain intrinsic company okay. um and then i am the founding engineer of um uh, a logistic company called quick Peak. 
Okay. Yes. So, um, other things. Uh, wait, what else do you like to know? Um, we have already established you are your type of Christianity. But okay. what would you define a Christian? What is, what is the definition of a Christian to you? Uh, well, uh, to me, a Christian is well someone who adheres to the teachings of Jesus Christ. I can't hear you well again. Your volume has gone down. Okay, okay. As someone who adheres to the teachings or who follows the philosophies of Jesus Christ. Okay. Yes. That's basically that's your definition. That's just it. Like okay. um, if your um like your worldview is informed by the teachings of um Jesus the Christ, then yeah. you're a Christian okay now the reason for that question is you know i get different um from my understanding is someone that believes jesus christ that accepts christ as their lord and savior and believes he died okay. and rose again does that apply to to you yeah sure it does apply to me i believe jesus christ walked the earth um you know based on personal uh, researches okay um, uh, i believe jesus christ walked the earth though there are people with reservation even though they constitute um a minor fraction of the you know the scholarship sphere i believe jesus christ existed he was the son of god i believe okay. he had divine origin okay okay yes all right that, that's good to clarify okay so as a former atheist what would you define atheism as what would you like okay, okay. This, how do you define what you understand by atheism and an atheist okay so um yeah. an atheist is someone who disbelieves god and um, god propositions or someone who disbelieves or who, whose um uh whose philosophy negates belief like they reject belief in god now it's important to understand that the rejection of belief in this case refers to disbelief um i like to see this belief as different from unbelief in the states that in in the sense that that our babies for example are in a state of unbelief not disbelief now a lot of people like to argue that babies are atheists that no, all it no, takes that's, yeah, that's okay, all, all it takes to um be an atheist is to lack a belief which would place a rock on the yep. same category a rock yeah. or an inanimate object that lacks yeah. a belief but then to be an atheist requires um a fully developed cognition and the ability, exactly agency and the ability to express this disbelief um through propositions or arguments mm. if you will yes mm, um i'm not sure you have to bring propositions it's just basically or arguments on the god claim to me this yeah, is how yeah, i simplify yeah. it yeah on okay. the god claim your answer is no and not yes that's that's how i simplify it do you believe in god yes do you believe in god no do you understand so the reason is that okay. it's only, only someone with cognition and agency can answer the question do you get yeah yes i so understand the baby cannot answer that question a rock cannot answer exactly so they, already, they are not in that uh, category of qualification of whether they believe or not believe. Yeah, yeah. so um, i i use proposition because you know i'm mostly i'm familiar with atheists no um, i'm not familiar with atheists and atheists who just says no without um 
um, that I don't believe in God without giving reasons. Yeah, they yeah. do not believe in God, which is why I say um, I think, um, or which is why I included preposition in the um, definition of an atheist or arguments, like they can express this disbelief or this lack of belief through arguments. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, exactly. okay. So an atheist is also someone that does that, basically. So, right? Yes, chief. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted us to clear. Okay. To clear definition, so there's no confusion for anybody that is listening. Okay. So now, what we are going to go into is your religious background, and it's going to you are going to take us on that journey. It's going to be story okay. format as your as your mind can go far so okay your religious background from when you first believe your experiences how you church went how okay. you saw the whole religion okay. how you believed before we now get to the point where you stopped believing, believing. okay or you started disbelieving okay then what now comes to go back? So we, we are focusing on the on the on your Pentecostal Christian All right. experience, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah, so um I was born into a Christian family. Um mother and father are both Christians. Um it's uh um the, the, the church I um I was acquainted with or yeah, the church I was acquainted with um, is an offshoot of this famous or popular Christ, not really famous, um, popular Christ Apostolic Church. It's an offshoot, like it broke out from the church. Okay, That's I, I know. See, see, I've been breaking yeah. up a lot, have you? Yeah, yeah. So it yeah. broke out from the church. So um, no, my uh, um, the members of my church, uh, the members of the church, are quite oh, keen on things that they view as spiritual so you know like giving prophecies and um let's say exposing things that are um albeit is considered secret all right so um i was raised in uh, a church that's an offshoot of cac um and you know i was pretty um like my parents i was pretty much um engrossed in um you know spirituality or no not really spiritual spirituality religiousness um and even though i still live the secular life i still had belief in god and would you know express um i i would always express myself as a christian then so but then i i got exposed you know um i was always the curious kind so i happened to read a lot a lot of history um a lot of philosophy uh this encyclopedia um it, it's a digital encyclopedia called Encarta. Uh, microsoft Encarta. yeah, yeah uh, I, which year was that uh, Encarta? that was Encarta 2008 uh, okay that's just before the last one i know the 2009 was the last one they did last thing one, before yeah. they realized that the internet has come to take their business yeah so i I had so much flair for Encarta, so I studied a lot of things, um, some of which I still remember, some of which uh, have been replaced by, you know, other commitments. Sure, so, sure. Uh, so, you know, then I got, then I, I wasn't even acquainted with um, 
a thing as atheism, yeah. then I didn't even know that there, there could be people who would doubt the existence of God. Yeah. So the, um, I actually got introduced, <laughs> I know it, this might sound unbelievable, but I actually got introduced to atheists via to go. Then to go was the trending messenger then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I <laughs> so I I got introduced to atheists um via to go and then I was always willing to defend the notion of the existence of God. But I had pretty stupid arguments then. Uh pretty flawed arguments. Um I, some examples, some examples. Yeah, okay. One example, um it's something along the lines of um the teleological arguments, that's the argument from intelligent design. Okay. Except mine was a dumb version of the teleological argument. I was always saying things like um, you know, goats, um you can't find a lion eating grass, stuff like that, like they were special specially designed to eat meat, they're specially designed to be carnivores. Silly arguments then. So and to me, I thought they were, you know, I I really hit the nail on the head. I had made a profound argument that the atheist would not be able to refute. And at some point, I was lucky in the sense that this was an atheist who was not uh, familiar with or who had not um, so much enamored himself uh, enamored himself in philosophical arguments, so he could not raise a counter argument. So he kind of agreed with me. Um, he's along these troops of um, he is a member of this troop of uh, new atheists, the, the ones we call docking drones. So he kind of like he is a member of this troop of um, new atheists. Like new atheists are people who are fairly new to you know atheism. So uh, we call them Almost every eighty. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's, all right. He like was post two thousand and nine or two thousand and ten. Those are those no. Are good. Uh, um, you know, um, the, the people that's new eighties, like they're not really ones that um, dive into um, philosophy. They just take, you know they kind of idolize people like Hitchens and Dawkins, sort of. Okay. Yeah, so um, he didn't really, you know, uh, he wasn't really giving me um, counter arguments that would make me think then. So I thought I won the whole thing. But then the um, the platform that really introduced me to atheists that, you know, uh, have some level of, you know, uh, some level of arguments that would make one go back and rethink their faith or rethink um, whatever um, theology they embraced. So was Nairaland. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Nairaland really introduced me to new style of argument. Then I got introduced to this concept of infinite regress. Um, okay. Infinite regress, like, you know, um, um, Basing several contingencies or multiple contingencies like that, um, you do not have room for one necessary thing or one necessary fact. So um, I was introduced to the concept of infinite regress, and there's this particular argument then that always got my attention. Like, if a complex God created a complex universe, it means he is more complex, or if a God created a universe um, that is complex, and we 
kind of drowned um, the contingency of the universe that the need um, the universe need for a creator on its complexity. It means that God, who created the universe, is more complex. So where did God come from? So that was a, a, one argument that really got me then, as you know, as a Christian. Okay. So I continued discussions with atheists, and then I was still in secondary school then, actually. Mm-hmm. So okay. I, yeah. yeah, 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 I got quite, I was quite introduced to, you know, different concepts um, that, that pertain existence of God, atheism, um, theism, deism, pantheism, panentheism. I got introduced school. to those concepts. Yeah, quite early. That's, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, and okay, then I took one more step, actually. I learned Hebrew. I learned to read and write Hebrew. I felt the only way to understand the Bible was to understand it in, though I'm still learning Hebrew now. It was something I did for a while, dropped because of other commitments, but I'm hoping to go back to, yes. So I, though I can write Hebrew, I can read and write Hebrew, um, Hebrew and Aramaic. Uh, My Greek is still flawed, but uh, I can always learn it. So, I learned a lot of, uh, I learned Hebrew then, and the reason I dropped it for a while was because it was taking away my time from school work, and it sort of had an impact. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it sort of had an impact then, so I had to drop it for a while, but I resumed shortly, then other commitments came in, work and all other things, so I had to leave for a while. Although there are times I, I, I still have, a PDF on Hebrew. There are times I still go through Hebrew, Aramaic, and uh, uh, Greek. I didn't really show much interest in Greek, but uh, since I want to delve into New Testament studies, like studies of the New Testament, you know, there are lots of arguments, and there are lots of uh, argu- there, there are lots of arguments that undermine the um, authority of the New Testament or the truth of the New Testament. So I feel understanding Greek would help me. That's coin Greek, not just any Greek. Coin Greek would help okay. me, we, we are, which is why I want to learn it. So, you know, I was introduced to all those things pretty early, uh, which is why I had built a lot of passion around it and was able to build myself to an extent. I know I do not know much, but I can say to a certain level, I'm familiar with a lot of philosophical arguments, um, maybe arguments from sufficient reasoning, divine hiddenness, and all. So I, at a point, all those things began to impact my faith. Um, so I began to see reasons because they were no, I was not really introduced to strong um, Christian arguments then for the existence of God or strong theistic arguments for the existence of God. Um, I always see um, those philosophies as coming more from the atheist side. And given that I'm someone that like uh, anything that's reasonable appeals to me, I saw myself, um, you know, I, I saw myself approaching atheism. So, um, but my atheism was uh, co- covert to some people and open to others. Um, my mom, <laughs> my mom never knew about my atheism at all. So, Though I um, once, I, I once I'm, posed, I've kind of skipped some. I, what I'm trying, like, okay, now, the, oh, okay, was, okay. as a result of your engaging with atheists. 
you started oh, losing yes. faith. Losing faith. Yeah, gradually. So you, till you got to a point where you believed God. I just think you didn't believe God. I just think God existed. I, I, it got to a point I was like, fuck it. Like, no, there is no God. And then I frequented Facebook a lot. So I was always making posts that undermine the existence of God. Uh, let me think. Uh, one example: the Old Testament God. The you know is known for a level of belligerence and um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're stating it like okay. Now, would you say <laughs> with the, 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 the God of the Old Testament? Did you ever see okay. that God as an asshole? Like uh, you, at some point, yes, respect? I did. Yeah, at some point, you saw, uh, you saw then, God as flawed. You see God yeah, as flawed. Yeah, as flawed. Yes, but. There is something um, I want you to understand now. Like, you know, in philosophy, there are categories of evils. Um, it gets to a point that we admit the existence of necessary evil. There are some evils that are necessary. It's called the evil of punishment. It's a necessary thing. Like, you know, even laws are laws. Um, work by that philosophy, the, um, the evil of punishment. You know, when you put someone in prison, you're robbing them of their freedom, which is a kind of evil, a form of evil. A lack of freedom is a form of evil. So when you put someone in prison for um, breaking the law, you're trying to rectify it by employing some form of evil. So, and sometimes um, good cannot be realized without, uh, in philosophy, um, it is argued that um, good cannot be realized with a certain um, level of evil in, in the philosophical sphere. So um, it was something I did not really consider when I undermined the Old Testament God. So I felt like um, God was too perfect. I, you know, no, or I felt Christians argued that God was too perfect, or at least theists argued that God was too perfect, uh, which means he should be above um, any kind of human frailty, anything that would um, that would expose um, the flawed nature of humanity. You know, I was yeah. God that was jealous, one that gets angry uh-huh. or offended. Yeah, but then. Uh, the, 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 I also realized at some point, you know, when I was living atheism, I realized at some point that perfection itself is a limitation. So when you want a perfect God, a God that's perfect, he is bound by rules that he, he cannot break. For example, you know, there's this idea that God cannot sin. That makes it one thing he cannot do. So, or that God cannot kill, it makes one thing he cannot do. Like, why would a God be bound by rules he supposedly created? So, I'm more of, um, like, you know, one thing is to adjust um, the theological parlance of um, the, the theological parlance um, regarding perfection. So, I can say, uh, or one could argue that when you say God is perfect, um, you're using perfection in the sense of expertise. Like, there is such a thing as someone who is perfectly evil, if you agree with me, or there's such a, th- a thing as a, a, a evil genius, an evil genius. So, um, it, it's more like um, describing perfection in terms of infiniteness, like God can do anything, good or bad. So, 
wanting a perfect God is wanting a limited God. And a limited God at some point cannot bring to fruition good, the, the goodness that he promises. So if God was limited, if God was too perfect, then whatever thing he promises in the scripture, whatever good thing he promises in the scripture cannot be brought to fruition because at some point you cannot realize goodness without a necessary evil. So this was something I did not bring, or so, so, this was something I did not realize on time because, of course, I was not familiar with. Okay, they are called CODCs, arguments um, for uh, God's existence. Okay, no, 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 that's not the CODC. CODC is an argument for God's existence in the obvious in, in the obviousness of evil, like trying to argue that God exists. Even though there is evil, that's a theodicy. So, but um, in, in in this in 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 this context, um, I was unaware of arguments for the um, actions of the Old Testament God. So, no, can I ask you? I want to ask you. Okay, Okay. Um, hold on. Let me mute my. Ask please. Twelve, 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 twelve. <laughs> okay, I can't hear myself again. Wait. Okay, you okay? You muted yourself so that we. Oh, all right. So <clears throat> you said that you, you, you seem to like um, say necessary evil, like all the. Wait, are you saying that all the things that one an atheist will consider as God being evil were all necessary? Uh, well, uh, not, not, um, not really. Um, okay. Okay. Like, uh, okay. Give me one particular action that an atheist consider evils, evil that you don't also see as a necessary, uh, that, that, that is not a necessary evil. Okay. One, something that, um, um, an atheist considers evil that I think is actually necessary. That is not that, okay. Yes. Give me one that is necessary and oh, one that is not necessary. For example, um, the evil of hunger is a necessary evil. Like you need the evil of hunger to understand what it means to be filled. That's to experience the good of tasty food is one example of necessary evil. Now, opposed as opposed to, um, you know, th th there's a difference between hunger and starvation. Now, in one promise of God in the Bible is to get rid of uh, starvation. Though some people say, um, or though some translators um, use hunger, but I feel. Um, the evil God will get rid of, one evil God will get, get rid of is starvation, not the evil of hunger. Now, starvation is the evil of hunger ad nauseum, that's to a sickening degree, that's starvation. So, but hunger itself is necessary to understand the goodness of tasty food. But starvation is the evil of hunger to a degree, like to an unreasonable degree. So, what I feel God will be getting rid of, for example, is starvation. But there is a verse in the Bible that says, it says, um, 
the um it said they shall beat their swords into plowshares and they shall learn no war anymore now one thing um i can derive from this particular verse I, I, it's a it's a verse in isaiah one thing i can derive from the particular verse is yes that the concept of farming would be a thing in god's farming kingdom you know it said they would beat their swords into plowshares so the concept of farming would be a thing in in god's coming kingdom but then farming would not be necessary if the evil of hunger does not still exist so what god is getting rid of is starvation you would be hungry even in god's new paradise but means for you to feel that hunger would be available okay let me clarify so, what you mean by hunger okay like now i have not eaten since 12 o'clock or, or thereabouts. Okay. so me feeling hungry is that the hunger you're referring to as the evil yeah evil yes that is not you evil know, that is just the body that's, no, no, that's, no, the, no, that's the body function the, the evil no, no, is okay, the children is dying children, of hunger uh, in, okay let, let me let me let me explain places. some let me okay okay let me explain something like in philosophy um we consider even the least evil the least evil like even a paper court is considered a form of evil a, a, a mere paper court is considered evil so um so hunger is a certain level of evil that's trivializing that's trivializing no 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 it is that's true. Okay. How 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 do I explain this now? Because I didn't eat in the morning for maybe I've been uh, busy throughout the day, and now that hunger has reached a level that I just have to really rush. So it's causing it's causing you inconvenience, isn't it? Yes. Then, like, no matter the level of income, as long as it brings some sort of inconvenience, you can't to compare inconvenience of me not eating this morning with a child dying. In, in yes, a child dying, it's 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 evil. But you it can't is, call them both evil. Do you get it? Why do you think so? You are trivializing what evil is. Okay, let let me think of uh one other form of evil uh that's uh that's similar to hunger. Okay, I used the paper cut as an example okay um what of um do you consider sickness and evil yeah okay yeah, yeah sickness okay. can yeah, work so. let's say malaria if you want to malaria okay. but um okay what of um cold a common cold now compare a common cold to say uh something like uh the coronavirus okay mm -hmm. COVID. covid exactly yeah. compare the common cold to covid is the common cold not a form of evil Mm. You you do agree it is a sickness. You do agree it is a sickness, right? Mm. The common cold is a sickness. Yeah. But then compared to COVID, you know, COVID deals a lot of damage compared to the common cold. But then um, you you still consider the common cold a form of evil because it's bringing a level of even boredom. Boredom is evil. Is a kind of evil. At least in philosophical sphere. Uh, hold up, someone is at the door. Oh. Okay. okay i'm back sorry um so um okay. evil evil exists in various levels um you know th there are levels uh, um of See, evil them, sorry the reason why the, let me tell you why i'm pushing okay. back when people bring up this theodicies 
they are not talking about common code that you can just take pro code and you're good they are not talking about hunger that you buy gala on the road and so they are talking about children dying in hospital children being born with bone cancer blood cancer they were born with it children who, who are were born blind children the children are suffering terminal diseases in in hospitals children of the people dying of starvation that is what they usually term as the evil the evil that is the problem of the of evil not this trivializing you are doing common code to covid common code to sars okay okay i'm actually it's, it's missing giving, do you understand i i understand mm -hmm. what so you mean that is what they bring up that those are the, the key issues the starvation the, the the terminal illness cancer that's killing everybody in the world those are the things that people are talking about about when they are referring to the problem of evil actually in in, in philosophy like they consider we consider all ranges of evil all ranges that is why i am specifying evil. the evil being referred okay. to when the problem of evil is being brought up by this believer okay we i i understand what you mean i understand what you mean so um my argument um at my argument was this that a level of evil is necessary that's why i call hunger necessary evil because it is not to a degree like starvation you still do you not still understand do what i'm saying it's you you have to do that for this argument to sort of work what is being focused on are the life-threatening evils the life-taking evils you get that's the the focus of this problem of evil what i don't describe the children the starvation the cancer those are the those are some of the examples like they are even they are even insects that worms that eat the human eye that's the way they survive is it human eye or eyes yeah, of animals snail eye snail um it's called i think it's called leucochloridium i recently there are, um, are insects that their existence is is they can't like survive without the parasitic okay we can term this as a that is just a form of evil is, yes, uh, no we can even term it as a um, circle of life just like a lioness will kill the deer to survive okay okay no, that's no. like we said we have to kill chicken to stay alive to stay alive uh -huh. okay but so problems um, are like the cancer like and the children being born with them terminal illnesses uh -huh. Those are the evils we are referring to when we are talking about problem of evil, not problems of evil. You, the philosophy you are trying to pull is 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 uh, minim is diminishing, is trivializing those those no, situations. No, no, no. Um, That's what it's doing. You okay, you may okay, not realize no, no, no. it. I'm just telling you how it's perceived. It, it's it's not trivializing the situation. Remember, I was given an example of a necessary evil like yes i i understand those things you're um, talking about are evil but then i was given an argument of a form of evil called necessary yeah, evil like okay. for to experience some kind of good is what i was explaining is what i was making an okay, argument okay. Let's, so let's wrap so that we'll go to unnecessary okay 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 so um the, the thing is one example of evil um that uh, was considered necessary in the bible let's see um okay i i called one earlier but i 
Okay, okay. I think it had something to do with um, cannibalism in the Bible, uh, where uh, I think God punished the Israelites for passing their children in the fire. Okay. Now you know, or like, uh, or uh, Sodom and Gomorrah is another example. Even though there is no um, archaeological evidence that Sodom and Gomorrah ever existed, or that there was a civilization that was wiped out by uh, fire and brimstone. Uh, but one example is, you know, uh, according to the biblical tale, the people of Sodom wrought evil, things that were considered evil in the eyes of God, and he wiped them off the map. So um, it's one thing you can consider, God's action in that situation is one thing you can consider a necessary evil, like a kind of evil that is aimed like, at Sodom attaining is one example like wiping uh, of necessary yeah, wiping Sodom and Gomorrah is one example of necessary evil why is it necessary why was it necessary now um, according to the tale the biblical tale um, the, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah wrought evil in the sight of God right okay. so why it's why it's considered a necessary evil is it's a form of evil that is meant to right a wrong Okay. Wait, did you catch that? Did you catch yeah, that? Right okay, so yeah. like, yeah, it's a kind of evil that's meant to right a wrong. That's why I compared it to, you know, um, uh, putting people in prison, uh, prisoners in, I'm um, sorry, putting criminals in jail. Um, you're, that's a form of evil, you know, you're robbing them of their freedom. It's what, a form of what evil. What evil did they do to deserve the punishment? I didn't catch that. What did they do to deserve the, what was that particular if it was, it was a particular offense they committed okay you mean the people of Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. okay yeah so um uh the bible did not explicitly state that but based on external sources or commentaries that the people of Sodom and, Gom and Gomorrah were, were inhospitable to visitors now okay. it's quite unlike um you know a lot of people like to say they practiced all what's called sodomy or they were homosexuals which is wrong a lot of the commentaries on that portion of the website they were inhospitable to visitors okay. so yeah yeah so uh, god had to take action and wipe them out from uh the map okay so let's one go example to, let's go to it's one example of okay now so unnecessary evil um one one thing i consider unnecessary in the bible is you know the scenario that involved Uza. Uza. yeah yeah he, that stretched his hand to touch the ark you know the ark stumbled on the oxen was his name then Uza, he stretched eh? Yeah, the name the name of the man was Uza. Okay, that was the um, Ark of God. Uh, I remember Ark of God. Yeah, yeah, the, the, ark, the Ark was about to fall down. You know, oh, tried yeah, yeah, to that help. the Ark stumbled there yeah, and he stretched his hand to touch it and okay. to touch the Ark. And is one thing I consider on is one thing I consider unnecessary. Evil. Why? And then, like, why is it unnecessary? In the sense that Uza did not do anything we might consider wrong okay like you know okay I, I think there was a rule about only levites being allowed to touch the ark yeah. but then this was someone that was doing something um that's to god's interest the ark was stumbling 
he stretched his hand to touch it and he was immediately struck now it's one thing even to now i consider the aspect of the bible i sipped on the aspect of the bible and uh i i was thinking of one just now one other form of unnecessary evil um and it skipped my mind one form of unnecessary evil oh Aside the no, um, one, one, one is enough if you can't remember. But the, there's a follow-up okay. question to the your answer of the unnecessary. Okay, okay. Now right. this well, is one of your many unnecessary, or is it not many? Okay, a few unnecessary. Why would you still worship such a god that does unnecessary evil? Okay. Um. Well, the the, the thing is, uh. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please subscribe up Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, and other places you find podcasts. Then check out the show notes below for links you may find useful. Have a great week, and I will catch you on the next one.